This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and author and executive coach, and today I welcome Tracy Edmonds to the show. Tracy will share her experience about women developing their careers and how she helps organizations improve their diversity, equity, and inclusion systems. Tracy, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to join you. Oh my gosh. I devoured your book and I am so excited. And you are a fellow Niche Pressworks author. So we are kindred spirits in that. Yes. But I, I want to honor your incredible breakthrough. And, and you talk about your wild hair moment. So what's a wild hair moment, Tracy? Get us started with that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, wild hair literally came from my own hair and the moment I had as a black female in corporate America making a decision to wear my natural hair, which in many cases some may think is wild, um, but it's really a metaphor. It's really a metaphor for when we actually have a crossroads that we come to, a place where we're pulled in two opposite directions between what we really want in our careers and what is expected of us, and we choose ourselves. So for me, it was literally choosing to wear my natural, quote unquote, wild hair. But what I came to realize as I went through that journey is there had been many wild hair moments in my career where I had come to that crossroads. And sometimes I had not taken the wild hair path and chosen myself. Sometimes I did, but other times I didn't. So this is really a metaphor for all women in their careers that when they come to those crossroads, those moments, they could be in meetings, they can be bigger career decisions. When you choose you, you're having a wild hair moment. I love it. You choose you. So tell me about how you chose you because you had this extraordinary career in a Fortune 500 company. You were a chief diversity officer and by all measures, successful, life was good. But as you said, you had that wild hair moment that changed. So tell us more. Yeah. You know, um, I was successful by many measures. However, when I really sit back and think about it, at that point in my life, when I made my kind of wild hair choice simply about my hair, I wasn't as successful as I wanted to be because I wasn't true to myself. And here's what happened. I was, you know, living the life as an executive in corporate America, uh, leading huge diversity efforts across the enterprise. Yet I was struggling with my hair. And this may sound trivial to many uh, women who are listening to this, but for the Black women out there, they will definitely understand what it is to struggle with the regular routine of relaxing one's hair to keeping it in a place where it looks acceptable in corporate America. America. And, you know, we hear a lot about the Crown Act today and women fighting for the right to wear their natural hair in these settings and be seen as professional. So I had really pushed off that decision to move to natural hair uh, for gosh, maybe three or four years. And ultimately, I realized that as a leader who was encouraging others in the DNI space, right, to show up as their authentic selves, I was not doing that. And so I made that choice to wear my natural hair. And how how was it? I mean, was it oh. scary? Was it vulnerable? What was Whoa. it like? It was incredibly scary because here was what I, what, what I was concerned about. Um, 
you know, in corporate America, the time that I was there before there was so much emphasis on accepting natural hair as professional, there was a way that you looked, especially in the insurance industry, quite a conservative industry. So having straight hair looking, quite honestly, as white as possible was the goal. And so to go against that, I was so concerned that I would no longer be taken seriously, that, you know, much of the work that I do, which was through influence, that I would not be heard in the same way. And I will tell you, when I showed up with my natural hair, um, there were some who were just shocked and amazed and conversations that I would have with those individuals. They would spend most of their time looking at my hair. So I was really worried that it was going to change my ability to be effective in that environment. And and how how did it change you? Because clearly it unleashed your true inner self and there's such beauty in that authenticity, but the vulnerability, I can just feel it hearing you talk about it. Oh, I'll tell you, um, for me personally, it was a journey because everything I had done up to that point in my career had been so completely aligned with expectations. And so for me to make this decision and to do what was right for me, what was healthy for my hair um, was huge. So it was an incredibly vulnerable moment for me to expose myself in terms of this is who I really am in terms of how I show up, how I look and how I present to the world. But the other thing about it is that it was incredibly freeing because there were no more secrets. There was nothing else to hide. What you see is what you get. And it really empowered me to speak the truth, not just for myself, but for the employees that I represented as the chief diversity officer of the organization. So I found myself actually being much more impactful, much more productive, um, much more influential in my relationships with others, because I was revealing the truth in its most honest, embarrassed forms to the people that I worked with. And what was amazing is the outpouring of women who reached out to me, primarily Black, but white as well, who came to me and said, how did you do that? And the question they were asking me wasn't, you know, what were the logistics, the details of going natural? It was how did you be yourself and continue to be successful? And that's when I realized that there's so many women out there, so many who come to that crossroads day in and day out, multiple times a day, and they don't choose themselves. And that was the inspiration for the book. I love that. It just, it gave me chills to hear how other women were responding. Did anyone give you a hard time? You know what? Um, no one gave me a hard time. However, I will admit there were a couple of white males in particular who during our conversations would just stare at my hair. And that it, that just led me to, you know, make a joke about it. I'd say it's amazing, isn't it? It stands up all by itself. It's just so amazing, <laughs> you know, because I wanted to acknowledge the fact that I see them. You know, yeah. um, but that was about it. No one really said anything to me directly about it. But you changed culture visibly by yes. having that courage and, as I said, vulnerability. So cheers to you. Thank you. Tracy, we'll be right back after a quick break. I'd like to tell you about a special offer. If you want to bring your podcast to life or up your podcast game, you can get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn using my special code CDHWORK. 
The Libsyn team will get your podcast on Apple and Spotify and give you access to critical stats and all the support you need to sound your best and grow your show. Use my special code, CDHWORK. Hiring the right speaker for your event is a tremendous responsibility. You need a speaker who will work within your budget and engage your audience. Whether you're looking to retain or grow top talent, create a healthy workplace culture, or prevent burnout in your organization, I can create customized content to help you recharge, reignite, or reinvent your career. Let's talk about how I can help you achieve your special event goals. Connect with me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. Tracy, you talk about crucible moments and why they're so important to a woman in her career. And perhaps your wild hair was your crucible moment, but share a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, those crucible moments are those times in our lives as women when we are attempting to be super women, when we've got things going on at home, things going on in our work lives, and it's all feeling like it's coming to a head. And the great thing about these crucible moments, when we're putting everything into the crucible and it feels like it's grinding up and it's so horrific, it gives us a huge opportunity to get crystal clear about what is most important to us. Because the way you navigate a crucible moment, that moment when everything is just at a heightened state, is to really be clear about your values and what matters most. And that's incredibly important for women in their career, because a lot of times I find women who have been challenged in creating careers that they love, that they haven't stepped back and really owned what is most important to them. What do they value the most? They've been busy trying to navigate one incident after another incident, balance the next meeting with picking up the kids instead of really stepping back and saying, who do I want to be? What do I value most? How do I prioritize my life? What do I want to achieve? So those crucible moments create the foundation that if we just stay with it, if we just think through it and return to our values and who we are, it sets a foundation for how we move forward with our career. So I always tell women when they're in the heat of it, when they're in that crucible moment, don't buck it, don't fight it. Let's figure it out. Let's work through it because you're going to get in touch with what you really value, what you want out of your life. And did you find on your journey that you needed to have some quiet time to really focus on what you wanted? Because you mentioned we're busy. We're on that perpetual treadmill, kids, family, you name it, career. And often I find as a fellow coach that women aren't giving themselves that peaceful, quiet time to figure it out. Amen. You are so right. You know, when I work with women, one of the things that I often have them do is to find that reflection time, right? So we give them homework. There's things they need to work on. But the way that I always position that is to find a quiet space for yourself. Just And it doesn't have to be an hour. Lord knows, sometimes that's hard to come by. But if we can get 15 minutes of quiet time to journal, put our thoughts down on paper, that's so, so important. So if I could recommend, you know, one step for a woman 
at the end of the day, find 15 or 20 minutes for yourself, kind of decompress, identify the successes of the day and what you want to accomplish in the next day. So yes, you are absolutely right. That self-reflection is so, so valuable because we're usually moving a million miles an hour and we don't give ourselves that grace, that opportunity. And I'm so glad you said, look, think about a small increment of time. Maybe it's that 15 minutes, right? I think so many women say, I don't have time. I don't have time to slow down. But little baby steps add up. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. And, you know, that's one of the things, too, that I talk to women a lot about. You know, sometimes we get so overwhelmed. If we're able to get our minds clear, we can dream big. Because many, many times when you're in the heat of building a career or taking care of family or all the multiple priorities that you have on your plate, you don't take a moment to be still and to dream big. Because when we're clear about that big dream, then we can start to break that down into steps. So getting quiet is so, so important for women in building the careers that they love. And then the second thing is not to be afraid to dream big. And then we just turn that big dream into one step at a time. Mm, Love it. You write so beautifully about truth tellers and followers. So why do we need them in our lives? And you, you suggest that we need both. Absolutely. Absolutely. So really truth tellers and followers are about mentors and sponsors in the more traditional way of thinking about it. But I want to add a twist to that because the important thing about a truth teller They're a little bit different than your average mentor. A truth teller is there to pull you up when you might not think that you have the capability to do something and to pull you back when you're getting in over your head. So a truth teller is more than a mentor because they're committed, committed to your success, not just pouring information into you and guidance into you, but they're committed to your success. They're going to tell you the truth about where you stand on this journey, what you need, how you're showing up. Now, followers are those people that are going to put your name in the room. They are your super fans. They are the folks that at the end of the day, they think you're amazing and they're going to tell others just how amazing you are. And it's so important in your career to have both of those. So it's like taking that mentorship and sponsorship concepts and taking them to the next level, really elevating them. Your mentor needs to be a true teller. Your sponsor needs to be a super fan follower who is going to talk about you in every place and space that he or she can. Mm, Love, love, love. Okay. Vulnerability. You write about this, you speak about this, you coach about it, and you are a woman who has walked the talk. So why is vulnerability powerful for leaders? Oh my gosh, you know, vulnerability is one of the, I don't know if we want to call it skill or just a capability that is so underrated for leaders. And here's why. When we're vulnerable, it demonstrates humanity. And that puts us on common ground. So whether you're the CEO or you're the frontline employee, when you're able to speak your truth, honestly and openly and authentically, and to own that, It's incredibly impactful. It creates connection with people. And here's kind of just a side note from a diversity perspective. When people can see that vulnerability and they can see that humanity, humanity creates connection. Because at the end of the day, we're all walking this earth and trying to make it through life's trials and tribulations. And sometimes we allow titles and levels to get in the way of seeing that humanity and connection. And when we feel connected, 
we're more likely to be included and feel included in what's going on in the organization. So it's incredibly powerful for leaders and for women leaders in particular, share that vulnerability. And I think for women in particular, they're afraid to do that because there's so much stigma and so many stereotypes about how women show up. Are we too emotional? Are we um, being too vulnerable? And I don't think there is such a thing. I think as long as that's your truth and you can own it in every setting, then go ahead, share, be vulnerable, make the connection, create inclusion, lead. People will follow people that they feel a connection to. So it's critically important to have vulnerability as a leader. So one of my um, favorite bits that I discovered in your press kit was your talk about how do we go from basic to badass in yes. our leadership? So give a glimpse because that's one of your signature programs. Give us a yes, little taste. Yes, absolutely. I am committed to elevating leadership, not just for women, but for all individuals. And so I talk a lot about going from that basic leader who is following the rules or potentially mimicking what he or she believes leadership is supposed to look like and moving all the way to badass where you're really challenging the status quo. You're thinking, and I hate to say thinking outside of the box, but you're thinking about not just what we could do, but what should we do in different situations. So I'm committed to that. And that comes from a place of being authentic. No one can be badass without being authentic. So many times we look at these leaders and we say, okay, I'm going to be like X leader or Y leader. But at the end of the day, what I'm going to encourage everyone, and especially the women listening to this, is there is no greater leadership than what comes from the unique gifts, talents, and lived experience that you bring to the table. So if you want to become that badass leader who is getting stuff done all day long, has people connected to them, you need to be authentic. You need to demonstrate vulnerability. You need to know that this is who I am. This is what I do like no one else. And this is how that impacts the world. And when you know that and can own it, you have no choice but to be badass. You cannot stay in the basic lane at all. Bring it on. I love it. I love it. And I can just hear that enthusiasm in your voice, Tracy. Thank you for that. So again, as a coach, I, I absolutely understand how you wrote about this in the book, reframing change to create success, but enlighten this global audience because the reframe technique is incredible in coaching and you write eloquently about that. So how do we reframe change to create success? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking me that because I love to speak about this. And in fact, I literally just texted one of my former clients to check in on her because she works at an organization um, that is letting go of many people right now. So major, major change. And when we talk about reframing change, one of the biggest steps that we have to take, and it's usually the most difficult one, is what are we afraid of? What is it that this change poses to us? that causes us to kind of just get stuck and not be able to see past it. So really, really understanding that fear and then working to move from a place of fear to a place of facilitating the change. So when we think about change, change is going to happen. And so we identify what is our roadblock. We can start to work through that roadblock. And once we start to work through that roadblock, what we have to do is step up to a bigger picture. We have to kind of move our perspective from the pit to the balcony because this change needs to be put in the context of a much bigger picture. 
When we're in the middle of change, it's really difficult to see beyond it, to see beyond the immediate impact, to see what it's going to do to my career, how it's going to change things for me personally. And so a big step that women especially and everyone who's going through change need to take is step up. Step up out of the pit, go to the balcony, see what the view is, see the context of this change in a much bigger picture, and then double down on the value you bring to that bigger picture, right? Mm -hmm. So we started with our fear. We started to facilitate and work through that fear. Then we put ourselves in the context of a much bigger picture and say, okay, how do I add value in that bigger picture? And that moves us away from being stuck. Beautiful. So Tracy, as we wrap, I want to ask something of you that is so tangential to what you just talked about with reframing. So many women are are stuck and they're paralyzed about failing. And I know that you celebrate Mm -hmm. failing forward. So might you be vulnerable and share with this audience a failure and how you recovered and how it made you stronger? Because I think you and I agree, it's not about the failure. It's about the recovery and what you do on the other side. Absolutely. Oh, thank you for that question. So, you know, one of of my most recent failures is as an entrepreneur, because I've only been in business since 2020. So I'm new at this entrepreneurship game. And I set out and I created a group coaching program specifically for Black women. And out of the gate, it did so well. My first cohort had 13 amazing women. Flash forward And I go to market and produce my second cohort and only two women applied and were a part of the program. So I went through the program with those two women. Then once again, once again, I marketed this program and I got no women who applied. So I could see that as a tremendous failure. I'm, you know, I'm going through, okay, what did I do wrong? How could I do things differently? But this was a tremendous learning opportunity. Here's one of the things that came from that. During the course of developing that program, I got to understand what worked, what didn't work. I took that program to the next level and put it into videos and a workbook, etc. So this is something that I can market on a much bigger scale. But at the time, my focus was clearly on, why didn't I get 13 more women? What did I do wrong? Oh my God, this program was amazing. 13 women endorsed it. Then I got two, then I got none. And so I could have stayed in a place of, you know what, program gone. I'm not doing this anymore. I failed miserably. Instead, I said, how do I pivot and take what I've learned from that and turn it into an online program that women can purchase? So that's what I'm doing now is taking it to the next level, taking all that knowledge I got from those three very different experiences and turning it into something that's much more marketable and much more available for even more women. That is incredible. I'm so proud of you and impressed and way to go. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing a failure and how it it turned out extraordinarily on the other side. Tracy, you are incredible. I learned so much from you today and I'm truly grateful that you spent time with me and this global listening audience. I want to tell them how they can buy your extraordinary book. It's called Wild Hair, A Courageous Woman's Guide to a Bold and Authentic Career 
And of course, it's available on Amazon. And I would love for you to share with this audience how we can keep getting in touch with you. And, and I know you're, you're going to share your website. So tell us. Yes, please. I would love to hear from as many of your listeners as possible. You can reach me at tracyjedmonds.com. And that's uh, Tracy without an E, because that happens a lot. And Edmonds with an O. So tracyjedmonds.com. And sign up for my newsletter. That's a great way to learn more and more about going from basic to badass in your leadership and to stay connected to all the great things that we're doing. Tracy, thanks for being a badass. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Your Working Life is now available on all major podcast platforms, and I want to hear from you. So let me know what we're doing. Let me know how we're doing. You can find me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. And a special shout out to my extraordinary podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. We now have listeners in 16 countries. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.